Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, my Everyday Truth family. Appreciate you joining us today. We're in uh, Jeremiah chapter 6. So if you want to find uh, your place in your own copy of God's Word and follow along, that's great. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse number 21, uh, the chapter only has 30 verses. And so I think we'll finish today, going to try to at least. The entire chapter has been a bit negative. It's been a chapter about the judgment of God and how God has warned and now will make good on that warning uh, to his people. The nation of Babylon will indeed come, and like a grape gatherer that's gleaning, will pick every last piece of grape, metaphorically, uh, from Judah, and it'll be an utter and complete destruction. Not to say that God won't uh, reserve a remnant. He will, uh, but God, again, just appeals, even in this late stage of judgment, kind of stage four cancer, if you will, God says there's still a remedy. You can still seek those old paths. You can still go back to the way it's supposed to be. Uh, your heart can still be made right. You're not listening, but you ought to be. And there's there's mercy to be extended. And get back to that place where your heart was right and you were seeking God and loving others and serving. But alas, that is not what you're doing. And because of that, uh, I will be coming in judgment. Look at verse number 21. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will lay stumbling blocks before this people. Now, you are running as if there's no tomorrow. Uh, you're walking away from me as if there are no inhibitions. But trust me, I'm going to lay a stumbling block in your way. Uh, you won't be able to stand and, and run in your pride no, I'm going to put those blockades in front of you. And the Bible says, and the fathers and the sons together shall fall upon them. The neighbor and his friend shall perish. So there's coming a day when the judgment will be so severe and profound, it will even separate families and friendships. Uh, people will die uh, some will be taken captive. Some will be left in the rubble. Some will die in the conflict. It will be a horrible day of judgment, not because I want that, not because that's something that I necessarily desire for my people. It's because I love you so much that this is the only way that you'll hear. This is the only thing that you're going to listen to. And that's a scary thing. The, the Bible says, thus saith the Lord, Behold, a people cometh from the north country, and that's the way all of the invasions would take place, from the north, because to the directly to the east of Israel was just desert. Nobody came through the desert. You would come along the waterways. So whether it was Assyria or Babylon or Medo-Persia, when they attacked, they would come along that crescent and come down from the north. So the Bible says in verse number 22, Behold, a people cometh from the north country, and a great nation shall be raised from the sides of the earth. So God says, hey, there's coming a nation mightier than you. And I know about it. I have predicted it. 
I have, uh, I, I, I am making this happen. I, I am allowing this in my providence and in my sovereignty. Verse number 23, they shall lay hold on bow and spear. They are cruel. They have no mercy. Their voice roareth like the sea. They ride up upon horses. They set an array as men for war against thee, O daughter of Zion. Th- think about the contrast. God has been their God. God will remain their God. God has been warning them. He has been good to them. He has been long-suffering. He is willing to extend mercy. But what God is saying is, if you reject me and judgment comes by the way of Babylon, these Chaldeans, they don't have mercy. They are not like me. You, you can cry in those days. You can plead for your life in those days, but this is your choice. You have chosen this judgment. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to get what you want. And what you want is a life without my control. What you want is a life without my authority. That's what you want. And you're going to get what you want. But what you're going to realize is you're not going to want what you got because you're going to get a a nation that's going to dominate you. And you're going to realize, well, we should have done it God's way. It would have been much better for us to have submitted to God and his goodness and his love for us than to unwillingly have to submit to the Babylonians who will have no mercy and no love for us whatsoever. In a very real sense, that's what God was describing in Romans chapter one, when the people reject God as the creator, reject God as their sovereign, as their authority, and God gives them up unto their own lusts. No, God, we don't want you. We want what we want. God, we don't want your authority. We are our own authority. And the Bible says that when that happens, boy, that's the worst thing that can happen to somebody is to get self-autonomy. Self-autonomy is the worst thing because you're going to mess your life up. Uh, We need God. We need his rule. We need his word. We need his wisdom. And when we say that we don't and God allows us to have what we want, then we realize we really didn't want what we thought we wanted. That's what's happening here. Look at verse number 24. We have heard the fame thereof. Our hands wax feeble. Anguish hath taken hold of us and pain as of a woman in travail. So the judgment will be even more than the actual sword and the spear. It'll be more than actual, the physical cruelty of a foreign entity, but it it will be the pain. It will be the emotional trauma. It will be the loss. It'll be the anguish. It'll be the anticipation, the fear, all of that. It's going to be awful says the Lord. Verse uh, number 25, go not forth into the field, nor walk by the way, for the sword of the enemy and fear is on every side. You're going to be so scared. You're going to be hiding in every crack and crevice. You're going to be looking for some cave in the mountain. You're going to be afraid to walk on the roads. You're going to be afraid to be out in the open. You're only going to travel by night. You're going to live in constant fear. And that happened. All of that happened. Why? Because when you take God away, when you take the protection of God away, then there's nothing but fear. There, when, when, when there's anarchy, when there's no control, when there's no authority, when there's no God, 
then all of a sudden you realize just how small and weak you are. And God says, I'm going to show you what a life without me looks like. When I take my hands off, when I take my control away, when I take my protection down, then you're going to see it. And that's an awful thing. Why not just trust God? Why not just believe him? But these people would not hear it, although Jeremiah time and time again warned them uh, at God's command. Verse number 26, O daughter of my people, gird thee with sackcloth. Do you see this? God in the middle of this judgment is still pleading for them to repent. He's still giving them last minute opportunities. O daughter of my people, gird thee with sackcloth. Jeremiah says, wallow thyself in ashes, make thee mourning as for an only son. Think about that. You need to be so aware of and so sorry for your sins. It's as if you had only one child only one son, and that one son died, and you were at his funeral. Mourn that way. Weep that way. Be that aware of your sinful condition, and the, be, be that much in trepidation for what you see as the sure judgment of God coming at you. Verse uh, number 26 again, most bitter, as for an only son, most bitter lamentation. For the spoiler shall suddenly come upon us. Listen, what I'm telling you could happen at any moment. I mean, this could happen today. This could happen tomorrow. This could happen this week. You don't have any more time. You don't have, you can't put this off any longer. This is beyond urgent. I have set thee for a tower and a fortress among my people that thou mayest know and try their way. They are all grievous revolters, speaking about the people of God. They're revolting. They're like revolutionaries. Uh, They're standing up against their sovereign God, walking with slanders. They're lying about God and each other. Tailbearers, they are brass and iron. Those are the baser metals, not valuable. And brass is a symbol of judgment in the Bible. They are brass and iron. They are all corruptors. In other words, God has every right to judge in the way that he is. Why? Because God's people deserve it. God's people are rotten to the core. Uh, there There is a rampant, widespread, endemic evil that has overtaken God's people, and they are all culpable. Now, verses number 29 and 30 speak in the language of trying silver and and uh, the refining process of precious metals. Look look at that, verse number 29. The bellows are burned. So when you are refining gold or silver, the bellows, that, that's what creates the wind that makes the fire hotter. So the bellows are burned. The lead is consumed at the fire. So the precious metal, silver or gold, would be melted along with lead or some other kind of metal to promote heat and to promote the the melting and the removal of that dross. It's a process. The founder melteth in vain, but the process is not working. It, it's, it's, it's not working. The, the dross is not being separated uh, from the silver. Uh, and the Bible says, for the wicked are not plucked away. The dross is not separated from the silver. In other words, the the the, the 
refiner is trying to. He's turning up the heat. The heat is coming more and more. Remember what God said about Jeremiah? I'll make your words like fire. I'll make my words in your mouth like fire. So what's God been doing? God's been turning up the heat. His word is becoming more and more plain. His word is like a fire. It's consuming. It's convicting them. It's burning as a fire burns. And yet it's not accomplishing the purpose of refining. Oh, it's com- it's always accomplishing a purpose. It's It's making them more and more ensconced in their sin. It's making them more and more rebellious. And the Bible says in verse number 29, the wicked are not plucked away. Reprobate silver shall men call them because the Lord hath rejected them. When people look at the lives of God's people, they'll see, oh, that's not pure silver. That's silver that's been rejected. That's silver that's been cast out. Why? Because it's mixed with the dross. It's mixed with the impurities. It, it has no intrinsic value because it's not pure. It's mixed with all of that wickedness. And what God is saying is, I'm not going to make a deal with you to say, okay, you can have your sin and have me too. No, either you get right or I'm going to get busy in judgment because you can't have it both ways. God desires a pure heart. God desires us to have a clean heart. And God has made a way by which we can have that if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And God can give you a purity of heart even today. A blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. You want a fresh glimpse of God? You want a brand new start? Then claim his promise. Lord, I'm wrong. You're right. Lord, I come to you in humility and faith. Lord, make me right today. God, I'm sorry. Purify my hearts. Uh, Purify my heart. I think it's the language of James chapter four. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to to heaviness. And how does that go? Let your laughter be turned to to sorrow and your joy to heaviness, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. That's what God's looking for here. He didn't find it, but I wonder, will he find it in us? I hope that helps today. See you next time. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.